It's Tuesday, February 15th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Hustle writer Rob Litterst, and this is the Hustle Daily Show. Today we've got some interesting items on the menu. In a bit, we're going to talk about $6 asparagus water and the business that once sold it, Whole Foods, now owned by Amazon, and the strategy behind the company's moving to grocery stores. But before we get into that, to start your Tuesday, here are four interesting things. Rob, why don't you start us off? What do you got? Okay, so this is one of my favorite headlines that I've seen in a long time. In 2020, King Mattress has made up 20.4% of mattress sales industry-wide, which is up 1% from 2018. Really? Yeah, yeah. So one out of five mattresses that were bought in 2020 were king-size mattresses, which honestly, if you had told me this a few years ago, I'd be really impressed with that. And a 1% pop might seem really insignificant, but it equals 225,000 mattresses. So the second thing I'm seeing is Super Bowl ad ROI, which I think this is something that we all intuitively know works. Otherwise, people wouldn't spend as much money on Super Bowl ads as they do. And I think, what was it, like 7 million per 30 seconds or something this year? Yeah. So the, the reason that I bring this up is if you didn't notice if or if you didn't watch the game, there were quite a few cryptocurrency ads or ads for cryptocurrency exchanges. That's an understatement. Yeah. Felt like every commercial break, there was some crypto company advertising. And apparently the results have been huge. Like Coinbase jumped from the 186th most popular app in the app store to second. FTX's Blockfolio made a big jump and so did eToro. So those crypto apps just absolutely tearing it up after getting in front of people for the Super Bowl. Okay, Coinbase's ad I I saw. I I missed FTX's, which was really annoying because I love Larry David. It was so, so good. Of the crypto commercials that I saw, that was by far my favorite. Yeah. Crypto.com, they're the same ones that got ripped, I think, for the Matt Damon Uh, commercial that they had. It was just like really serious and kind of weird. They had one with LeBron talking to his younger self that was pretty cool, but like a little bit corny for my tastes. (laughs) But FTX killed it with the Larry David one. Yeah. So, Jacob, what are you seeing? All right. So there's been a recent development that I thought was pretty interesting, which was this new deal between DoorDash and McDonald's. So DoorDash, as many people probably know, earns money through a commission from restaurants from each order. Uh And they also earn money through a separate service fee on every order. That's why when you order like a $12 burger and fries, it ends up costing like $60. (laughs) And you're like, how the hell did that happen? That's how it happens. But DoorDash reached an agreement with McDonald's that seems pretty mutually beneficial, honestly. I thought it was kind of interesting They agreed to lower their base commission rate for McDonald's U.S. restaurants from 15.5% to 11.6%. But on the other end, they're going to charge a higher commission for orders that keep delivery drivers waiting, all the way up to a 20% commission. So the whole point here is it's an effort to improve efficiency all around and cut losses. But one problem that I thought was kind of unique that was raised by McDonald's franchisees is that... They're already struggling with staffing shortages, and now that they're going to be, you know, charged based on 
how long it takes for them to fulfill orders, it could be a pretty big problem. Right. And it's funny that they're all kind of like grappling and fighting for these kind of percentages of margin, right? Because I feel yes. like a lot of these delivery apps have razor thin margins, which is something we'll oh, talk yes. about a little bit later when we get into groceries. It's a whole game of pennies and seconds. Like that's the, the measurements here. It's nuts. Another thing I've been following, extremely uplifting topic, by the way, the economic impact on American pocketbooks if Russia goes to war with Ukraine. One area of potential major impact is energy costs, of course. Russia is a significant source of uh, U.S. energy imports. It's also a key supplier for European countries that might need to lean into America, you know, if Russia stops providing them with fuel in the event of a war. Yeah, wow. So experts say changes in oil prices would probably be the first, like, real tangible thing you'd see in America if Russia invades Ukraine. And remember, energy prices are already up like 30% year over year back in December, and gas prices were up like 50%. Yeah, this would not be good at all. Like last time I went to the gas station, I was shocked at how expensive gas was compared yeah. to more recently. Yeah, this would not be good at all. Maybe one kind of side benefit of it is it'll push people to adopt electric vehicles sooner. I don't know. Yes. Maybe. No. So this is, you'll find this interesting too. So another impact or potential impact of this has to do with palladium. Ooh. So palladium is this material used in the catalytic converters on gasoline-powered cars. Okay. And what it does is basically reduces the emissions a lot for gas-powered cars, and it's a requirement in every car sold in America and to have one of these palladium-based catalytic converters. Russia accounts for a third of the world's supply of palladium, and uh, palladium is already really expensive. It costs $2,300 an ounce, up from 800 in 2017. Wow. So, you know, the experts are like, this could be a big problem. The price could go up even more, even be completely unavailable. And obviously that's a problem because auto production is already screwed. Yeah. I think last year, the first nine months, new car production was down 15%. Yeah. People are turning to used cars. The prices of used cars are up like 40%. Right. And catalytic converter theft, which we've written about before, is a humongous problem. It's up 11 times in the past few years. So yeah. if you're in the electric vehicle business, you are not probably will not feel this. All right. I think it's uh, I think it's time for us to talk about $6 asparagus water. Let's do it. So a recent report from BI broke down the demographic of the typical Whole Foods shopper, which honestly wasn't very surprising. I think one thing that was kind of surprising, 10% of US shoppers are now regular Whole Foods customers. Hmm. I, I wouldn't expect it to be that big. So apparently Whole Foods is taking on a bit more market share than you might think. But the typical Whole Foods shopper is between 25 and 34 earns a salary of 80K plus and enjoys kombucha. So while the customer profile may not be very surprising, what is really surprising about Whole Foods right now is their prices are not crazy expensive anymore. Hmm. So I don't know if if most people know this, but Whole Foods used to be nicknamed Whole Paycheck because of how expensive <laughs> it was. That's awesome. And it had this well-known kind of 20% premium above its competitors. So like everything that you bought at Whole Foods is likely to be 20% more expensive than, say, Kroger's. But one Business Insider survey recently found that Whole Foods produce was actually 7% cheaper than Kroger's. And across the board, that premium has kind of dropped closer to 10% in recent years. And that's got Amazon's fingerprints all over it, right? Yep, for sure. That's just the Bezos model. And what gets even crazier is Amazon is opening all of these Amazon Fresh grocery stores. So they launched in 2020. Right. 
they have 23 locations. They have a couple dozen in the works right now. And for those that don't really know anything about Amazon Fresh, they're the grocery stores that have that just walk out technology where you can walk out and it'll automatically scan everything and automatically charge you for it. You don't have to go through a register. Or they have those dash carts, which are basically shopping carts that have checkout capabilities built in. It's cool stuff. Yeah. Either way, you're not waiting in the checkout line forever. It's super convenient. And that's what Amazon's obviously all about. But what's super interesting is in the areas where Amazon has both an Amazon Fresh and a Whole Foods, they have found that there's little crossover in the customer basis. So basically the people that shop at Amazon Fresh are more likely shopping at value grocery stores like Ralph's or Aldi's or something like that than Whole Foods. Exactly. So why this matters is it's a complementary strategy for Amazon, right? So they have these two different demographics. They have this kind of value, convenience-focused Amazon Fresh, and then they have this kind of health food, aspirational demographic in Whole Foods. And what they're Mm. doing is they're putting a lot of these locations for Amazon Fresh close to Whole Foods locations And that makes their operation more efficient because Amazon Fresh is already using Whole Foods supplier network for its groceries. So it's already pulling from that, which means that they can get efficiencies on what they pay and obviously shipping and logistics if they're going to the same place and then just going from there. This is interesting because I thought when Amazon purchased Whole Foods and then when I saw Amazon's going to introduce Amazon Fresh grocery stores, I was like, are they just going to take over the Whole Foods brand, call it all Amazon Fresh? That's exactly what I thought. I don't know, but this, I guess, is saying that They're going to potentially keep it separate because it's serving separate demographics. Exactly. And that's pretty neat. And that's, it's pretty smart too, you know, twice as much ground. Right, exactly. And it's all coming from the same place. Like if they're using the Whole Foods supplier network, then they can basically feed these two different types of customers from the same source. And the grocery business before Amazon got in it, they've always said the grocery business operates on razor thin margins. It's like the absolute nightmare business to get into, but that's exactly (laughs) where Amazon thrives and exactly where they like to operate. Like what's the famous Bezos quote, your margin is my opportunity or something like that. It's starting to make sense why they went into grocery and it's really scary, like how dominant they might be say 10 years from now with, with both of these franchises. That's good. Well, I was Juliet was reminding us of this story. I think it was from like 2015, some store, I think in California. It was a Whole Foods and they were selling $6 asparagus water, oh, which was just, God. it was bottles of water with two things of asparagus. What? Uh, just in it? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Never even heard of asparagus water. That's amazing. Well, that's because it's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That $6, $6 price tag didn't do very well yet. No, it did not. All right, bada bing, bada boom. That's it, folks. Thanks for joining us today. For more on The Hustle's tech and business coverage and links to all kinds of cool stuff from around the web, check out our newsletter at thehustle.co. Thanks to our behind-the-scenes maestros, Darren Clark and Matthew Brown. I'm Jacob Cohen, and you've been listening to The Hustle Daily Show, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. See you tomorrow.